You are listening to the Holy Cannoli Podcast. It's all about making sense of life, who we are, and why we're here. Life is sacred and life is strange. And here's our dad, Tony Gapastone. Hello, hello, cannolios, cannolers. Yeah, it has been an interesting week. This has been the week. I'm recording this on Wednesday, May 8th. And usually we try to get our podcast out on Monday and it's sort of slowly creeping uh, away from that routine because we are launching our first ever Brave Maker Film Festival in June. And so there's a lot of crazy plates spinning. So hence, I'm going to be doing a whole series of solo podcasts, kind of a shorties, shorty version. So if you heard last week, I was just kind of riffing on forgiveness and talking about how we deal with uh, the jerks, the Judases, and the Thanoses in our life. That's a shout out to Endgame and Marvel. If you're not into that, just focus on the Judas part. But today I am reflecting on death. Yes, the happiest of subjects. I, gosh, this past weekend, like many people in the faith community, uh, have been reeling and reflecting on the death of Rachel Held Evans. If you're not aware of who she is, go ahead and do a search on her her book, her books and voice in the community of faith, the Christian community of faith has been very prophetic and provocative. As a 37-year-old woman, she had a very large platform, one that was uh, very grace-filled, um, but also that one that received a lot of pushback in a lot of different circles, especially by um, by men and in certain spaces in the evangelical world that we might label. I'm not all for labels, but just that maybe read scripture differently. She was very pro, including the LGBTQ community. She was um, very ad- she was very proactive about her her stance uh, on. Um, pro-choice, pro-life, and how complex that conversation can be for a lot of people, and especially women, and what it looks like to have control over your body, and whether you disagreed or not. I think she had so much to say, but she died this past weekend, leaving two young kids and her husband behind, and just tragic. You know, no one's ever ready for death in this way, especially when it came from, from what I can read and understand. It came from an allergic reaction to some antibiotics that she was given. It was something that was like supposed to be a normal situation. You're sick, you get antibiotics, and then your body reacts, and your brain swells, and all of a sudden you're in a coma, and then you're gone. So, so many um, vocal voices, you know, everyone from David Hayward, who was on this podcast, to Matthew Vines, the Reformation Project, um, People, Christianity Today, uh, Laura Turner, who was also on this podcast, putting things out about their relationship with her. She was just in San Francisco talking about why she is still a Christian and what that looks like in her life. My friend Matt Nightingale, uh, who also was on this podcast, posted a picture of her meeting her for the first time and how influential she was in his life from afar. Why am I talking about this? Because uh, I'm just thinking about, hold, you know, hold on here because we're going to get really uh, existential. Just thinking about life, the brevity of it, the importance of it. Uh, the reality is that we're not guaranteed our days. Uh, our relationships are really all that we have, uh, how we live our life. You know, when I was in middle school, sorry, high school, and just coming up in the faith or in the life of the the community of the church, there was a... I'm sure it's still out there, but a, a, a push to make people think about death in a way that you know causes you to live your life 
which I think does have an effect, can have a positive effect on you when you say things like, what do you want on your tombstone? What do you want people to say at your funeral? I actually was motivated by that in some way. I think purely because of my desire for story and what it looks like to live a good story. Life is sacred. Life life is strange. And what will people say about you when you die? Which could become very egocentric, right? So I'm definitely aware of that. But I think there's something positive in the sense of recognizing your present, our present time, our relationships, who we are, how we handle the things that happen to us in our life, how we respond to people, especially those who disagree, especially those who push back on us. That's telling a story. Our lives are stories where we are larger than life. And so I was just reflecting in a grateful way on Rachel Held Evans. Her book, Searching for Sunday, was the book that I read almost a year ago when I was leaving my 20-year church experience when you know, I was not having any doubts about the church. I love the church. I will always love the church. But when I was having you know, being critical about it, questioning, critical in a way like, hey, are we doing the right thing? How are we missing out? Are we drawing lines in the sand uh, that are going to cause pain uh, and heartache on human beings and have a detriment on what it looks like when we look back in the history of the work of the church? So the answer was yes. And her book, Rachel Held Evans's book, Searching for Sunday, was very instrumental. And her book, Inspired, came out about a year ago around the same time talking about scripture and how you look at scripture. And so I highly recommend uh, Rachel's work if you are a listener of this podcast. And according to our numbers, it looks like um, a good 950 have listened to our most rated podcast. And our normal listeners are around like 300, 400-ish on a good good one. When like Judy Peterson comes on, we're up to 500. So I want to say thank you for listening. And I hope these conversations in some way inspire you while you're in your car, walking your dog, working out, to just take some evaluation, to step back and think, what's going on in my life? Uh, What is important? Am I working for the right things? And I think about when I die, and I pray, I do, I pray and tell my kids and wife all the time, I'm praying for a long, healthy life, uh, mostly because of them. I want to be present in their life. I know the pain of being removed. I've seen it in my friends' lives and my family's lives when someone is removed prematurely how detrimental it can be. Uh, I just, gosh, just since January, I had, I lost a good friend from high school who died unexpectedly, my same age, died of a heart attack. Um, A couple weeks ago, a woman who I was working with from Orange County, uh, her name is Wendy Miller. She was murdered. I was working on a documentary with her and helping her develop a screenplay based on her life, a woman who's experienced, and you can Google her, it's Wendy Miller, W-E-N-D-I, Wendy Miller from Irvine, murdered. Don't know if it was a random thing or because of her abusive past, there could have, who knows, uh, could have been some conspiracy. She was in an abusive relationship from her ex-husband, had to flee and find shelter, uh, lost custody of her children, and now she's she created this nonprofit to advocate for people in abusive uh, relationships. And we met a couple times. You'll see if you look on my Facebook and Instagram, she and I had met to talk about how Brave Maker could partner with her and help her develop her story. And she was trying to get funding to be able to... So I have, like, I'm looking at my office right now, I have this hard drive of footage from interviews she did with other families who were going through what she did. And then I have a transcript of her life that was trying to be turned into a script. I mean, it's just wild. Um, I was just going through my phone thinking, I mean, we were texting a week ago and then I find out she gets murdered. It's crazy. 
uh, like the the amount of grief to process like people's presence and then all of a sudden poof they're gone. I mean, if I look in, on my phone right now, I'm gonna dial up. I just I know because um, my wife's name is Wendy, and when I go to text her, this other Wendy will occasionally pop up. And I just thought today, like, do I need to delete her? I guess I need to delete her. How crazy is this? But when I pick up my phone um, and I put in, okay, yeah, I, my grandma died in um, 2012 by suicide. I could not delete her contact in my phone for the longest time. It was so hard for me because it was so complete and, and final to delete the contact of my grandma and her address and her phone number from my phone. So I'm sitting in the space of recognizing my life is short and someday I will be gone and what will the story that I will have lived, how will that have, how will that have impact? How will that change the world? How will that impact my daughters and my wife and the people in my community? I desire not to be lifting up the name of Tony Gapiston by any means, uh, but to be lifting up the name of a good God, a creator who is sacred and strange that to the best of my ability, I sought after this creator to understand and to tell and to share the grace in which I believe comes from this divine being. And it goes back to, I'm, I'm pretty sure I shared this on one episode. So if you're just tuning in, go back and listen to um, all 40-something of them from number one. But I remember when my third daughter was born and the nurse, uh, who was a male nurse, had was wheeling us out and preparing for us to go home and looked at me and said, you know, what, what do you got there? I said, oh, it's a girl. It's our third girl. And he said, what is wrong with you? Something's wrong with you. If you can't, if you can't get a boy, you got to keep trying. And I remember going, first of all, I can't believe this dude just said that to me on the second day of my daughter's life as we're going home. Uh, and second of all, like maybe something is wrong with me. Maybe uh, why is God, you know, in my, in my imposter mind and lies going, I'm thinking, why is God only giving me girls? Maybe I'm not good enough to produce a boy. Because in my mind, I've heard those lies of you've got to, you've got to build your legacy through your name. Your name is something that means something important. And so, if I only have girls, they're not going to replicate the gap of stone name through marriage, which is also very misogynistic and patriarchal. I see that now, but at the time, I had to sit in that. I remember I heard in this most sacred and strange way, I heard the voice of God say to me. Your life isn't about your name. Your life is about my name being lifted, being elevated, that all people, because of how you live your life and how you raise these three little girls who are a gift to you, to the world, these are arrows that you are pulling back and launching so that they could know their value. So despite the Gap of Stone name, it's the name of God, creator God, Yahweh, the great I am, is being proclaimed by how they live their life, by how they know how loved they are, how great, how beautiful, how perfect, how wonderful they are. So I cling to that. Um, I wouldn't say on a daily basis, but I try to cling to that on a regular basis. That that's what my life is about. That's what my film work is about. That's what being a husband is about. That's what being a dad is about. I fall short in so many ways. But I'm trying to live in the space where it's like I recognize I am a part of the story. That's who we are, a part of this grand story that is a good story about love and acceptance, truth and justice in everything we do, whether we're coding or whether we're teaching or whether we're 
being a barista and making coffee, we get to spread this love. And sometimes it's simple through a facial expression. Sometimes it's intentional through a mentor shepherding relationship. And sometimes it's fun and sometimes it's hell of hard. Because <laughs> that's because relationships are both that hard and wonderful and sacred and strange. So I'm thinking about death and life, death through life today. Uh, I don't know where you are, but my hope and prayer is you recognize that you have value, that someone sees you, even if you feel unseen, God sees you. And may we get better at seeing people and telling them that we see them. I hope that we as human beings can get better at saying those things that we want to say now while we're alive and not feeling like, because sometimes, honestly, I'll be honest, the people at memorials sometimes, I get a little like, ugh. Um, I hope you said those things that you're glamorizing and glittering of your loved one when they were alive. I hope they know. I hope they knew how precious and important they are. So say those things now. May those stories, may those stories be elevated now. And as we reflect on the unknowns who don't have a public platform like Rachel Held Evans, like grandmothers and neighbors, may those people... May their stories live on in who we are as we talk and tell about them on a daily basis. And as we reflect on a greater, grander level, these people who are rippling through pop culture, may we also ground it in the reality of the sacred and the strange. Thanks for letting me be philosophical <laughs> on episode 45. God loves you. Till next time. Holy Cannoli Podcast is a proud production of Brave Maker Media. For more information or to donate, go to bravemaker.com to make your tax-deductible donation today. Thanks for listening to Holy Cannoli. If you liked my dad's podcast, please subscribe, give it a review, and share it with someone you think would be encouraged by it.